This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. It has been four fucking ever, it seems like. But uh, we're, yeah. we're back, guys. We're back, boys. It yeah. has been a minute, man. It has. Uh, wait, did you just call me a minute, man? Yes, you're my favorite <laughs> minute, man. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we are actually here to do a movie today. I know this sounds weird because we don't do that, it seems like, anymore. But we are. Yeah. Beneath, it was beneath us for a while, but we get back to our roots. <laughs> uh, so, um, why, why haven't we been recording? <laughs> we haven't been recording because I, I, I had stuff going on, and and I, I love these guys so much that they don't want to record without me, and that like warms the cockles of my heart. That's right. So, we this is a um, a threesome, and uh, we only do it together. There you go. I mean, we might add people in once in a while, but. Yeah, no. I mean more than more than words. I appreciate it, boys. I really do. It means a lot. So, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So let's do it. Oh yeah. Well, because it has been such a long time since we recorded a movie episode, I wanted to do something a little light. You know, yep. a little little flighty, a little fun. That's why we're doing kids. So, yes. <laughs> That's why we decided to go also, with. The- I, I know it's been a while, but for some reason, you're just you're recording room looks completely different doug did you do something to the windows or something yeah just a little bit i touched different artwork is that the yeah problem? what it is I stripped it down i stripped it down to to the frame and built it all back up That's, looks completely different yeah so different yeah i'm in a new place that was that was what was going on october was a shitty month but i'm in a new place we love it we're happy and uh it's not just totally set up yet but uh for now it, it's comfortable so Nice, yep. nice, nice. I'm just so happy we're doing this again. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I miss this so much. Um, before we get into the movie, though, Eric, I know you're really trying to jump the gun on this, but let's, uh, let's, let's, what's this new, guys? What's been going on? I'm not trying to jump no gun. I, I'm happy to report that we got to hang out recently. Man. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we met up at Hourglass. We had a quick uh, catch-up session, which was nice. And yeah, it really was. Yeah, had a beer. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see the pics. I, I that also warmed my heart. Yeah, I wish you were there. <laughs> I know, no, me too. But you know, I live vicariously through pictures, and it was it was cool to see when you guys get together. Hell yeah, it makes me happy. There's nothing like a hug from this man, this giant bear, bear <laughs> of a man. Bear. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it was yeah. great. And and again, you know, Joe's always <laughs> given me these fun project guitars, so I was gifted with this ugly slash beautiful uh <laughs> 60s bass guitar the short scale bass um so i fixed it up you know a little bit i didn't really do anything to it because it's got so much weird character that like painting it feels inappropriate 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that wouldn't be good. And I, I, listen, I'm being honest with you. I think that's just straight up cool looking. Yeah, it, it does look cool really fucking cool. A lot of the stuff you do, I, I, I get the whole ugly aesthetic and I dig it all. Yeah. Right? But that one, no, man, that's cool. You you did the right thing by not painting it because yeah. the paint job on that, you know, the finish on that's really cool. And I, I, I just think it's a really cool looking a really cool looking guitar. Yeah. Place, so did you, know? you find it is a Tysco? It is a Tysco. Nice. Um, 60s i don't i couldn't pin down the year wow um but it was back when bases had we were talking about it's got this weird piece of wood jutting out of the fretboard not where a thumb rest should be but underneath it yeah so, what is that like so, yeah it's so, really weird when they started making electric bases they kind of didn't know how people would play them and those were installed as a stretch so because oh, wow. they assumed you'd play with your thumb oh interesting okay yeah and and I guess bass players got a whole. I guess the slap, the slap bass, you use your thumb. Yeah, right? some funk, you know. Some, I mean, yeah. you, you do see guys using their thumbs for different things, but it, it became so unpopular to play that way that they yeah. actually just put it on top instead yeah. because they saw so many people playing with their fingers. So, yeah, it was it was. And the weird thing about that bass is uh, the short scale thing on the bass. I've never played yeah. a short scale bass before. I can't go back. That's my kind of bass. Yeah. Like short scale is my kind of bass because of my tiny hands. I'm with you, dude. I can't even palm a basketball. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing that thing and I'm like, man, this is where it's at, dude. Like a little Mustang or like, a, it's just, yeah. I'm looking at the other bass I have is like a Epiphone Thunderbird. And it this thing is, it's like as tall right. as me. You know what I yeah. mean? And yep. it's just like so labor intensive to play that thing. You know, I like that, that that squire bass, but um, it's way longer. The I realized my music man didn't have as long of a scale as this one does. Really? Yeah. So is that a full thirty-four? Yeah, What's I think the so. Music man. The music man is 32? not as long. I don't know. It's just not as long of a scale. No, also, I realized my background's like super blurry. I don't know why. No, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah, it looks great. Now it looks it good. Looks, fine. looks better now. A second ago, like I had to wipe my camera off. Okay. Stop jerking off the camera. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it sprays or it sprays. I can't control it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was, when, when our kids were real young, they sold us on like these, they called them pee pee tents. What? <laughs> it was like, you know, when you change a boy's diaper, he has a tendency yep. to like, as soon as the air hits it. Oh just yeah, drops. the shower just, yes. Yeah. So it was like this little fabric tent that you'd put over it. Beep. And I have no knowledge of that. At it's all. like some, it's like some fucking, you know, millennial. Yeah, no, I like the idea. Shit. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I mean, I've gotten rained on quite exactly. a few times. But I, laughed when, I laughed when Tim told me the first time he got rained on by Holly. I'm <laughs> like, you fucking deserve it. You got me more times than I can count, you bastard. Oh, man. It all comes around. I can't mm-hmm. wait for that. Mm-hmm. Other than, other than hanging out with Joe, I mean, I feel like there's nothing to report and so much to report because of the amount of time, um, you know, that it's been, I'm trying to think of like, what's new and interesting in my life. Uh, I don't know how sad it is that I can't think of anything, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's just, it's been really busy with art. So I kind of, I cut my commissions off because I was going a little insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that I'm mostly done with all the shit that I got to do and have some free time, like I drawing stuff for fun for the first time in a while. Nice. Um, yeah. Taking it back, taking it back to the roots, man. Yeah. 
That's cool. Uh, Doug. Well, we know we know we know what's yeah new. i mean you know the, the, the shitty october but again that's behind us we're happy but i mean otherwise you know we uh we uh visited holly for her first birthday back in the middle of october which was like amazing yeah this kid is like she's walking around you know she's saying a couple of words but she's so expressive and so opinionated <laughs> we'll say she has no problem telling you how she feels. And, uh, you know, she just laughing all the time. She's definitely a child of this generation in that when you put it, when you put a phone up, you know, the ham turns on, like she yeah. starts cheesing it <laughs> up. Like, cause she just knows, you know, it's like crazy how the kids are now, you know, it's like the grin comes up and like the crinkled nose and, and that gets me every time I melt. So yeah, that was, that was a very cool day. And we got lucky because the whole family, except for Tim, got COVID like 12, yeah, 15 days before. In, even Holly got COVID. But wow. I mean, she's 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 uh, vaccinated and everything. So, it was, you know, it was they had to deal with some shit. She got cranky, but she she also it wasn't bad, you know. Yeah. But knock on wood, Tim didn't get it at all, believe it or not. But um, my daughter-in-law, Meg's parents got it. Meg got it. Holly got it. Um and Damn. luckily, yeah, they let they they tested negative uh, in time for us to go up for the birthday. So that was cool. So yeah, I mean that that's that's the highlight of the last like six weeks. That <laughs> that's the like, highlight. I know. Well, <laughs> everyone got yeah, COVID. No, highlight. Not the COVID. Not the COVID. The visit. You're right. That, <laughs> yeah, that came out the... wrong. That came out wrong. I don't wish that on anyone. But yeah. Um, Fuck yeah, you, I mean, Doug. <laughs> I hope you all get COVID, you bastards. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was like the highlight of a shitty month. And it just it made a lot of the other stuff just wash away. You know, it was a cool time. Yeah. That's uh, great, man. Joe, mm-hmm. what's new with you, bud? Mm, let's see. I got some uh, new gear. I got the Epiphone Les Paul and the Squire jazz bass, which I know doesn't mean a lot to the people on this show, but like, to people who listen to me on other shows, that's a big fucking admission for me because uh, I'm a uh, well-known uh, gear snob. And uh, yeah, yeah. for me to like, this is like me coming out of the closet, like gear-wise. Oh, God. Yeah, this is like seeing fucking Scorsese walking out of an Iron Man movie. Yeah, this yeah. is like, yeah. <laughs> Applauding. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is just, you know, for me, this is a big thing, and uh, I, I, I'm happy to admit and proud to admit that, uh, you know, I was wrong. That's cool. Well, it takes a big man. It does. You know? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that you experience both of the, let's say, the, the leaders at the forefront of the budget, you know, with, with Epiphone and Squire. And yeah, yeah. Them both. That's really cool. Go out on the limb. I mean, the Chinese Moor guitar really kind of, like, made me realize it was okay. Yeah, it's true. I get it. Yeah. Um I've always I've never had a bad Epiphone or a Squire. I mean, I've always dug them in. But again, I mean, I'm in a different category than you guys, so. Yeah. I also yeah. talked about it on on our other sister podcast just surprised me, but based upon your two guys recommendations, I decided to delve into DC and uh, I realized I was wrong there on a couple things. <laughs> just a couple. I get it cuz there's a lot I I still don't dig. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching uh, shitty ass Aquaman and fucking uh, oh, please don't. Batman 800. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still haven't finished that one by But the way. Uh, but I was cool with the Suicide Squad. I don't know if regular Suicide Squad's going to be okay or not, but the Suicide Squad was good. 
Um, yeah, regular Suicide Squad was it was watchable, but nothing more. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, it was watchable. And then, of yeah. course, I'm very pleased with the Peacemaker series. <laughs> that, I kept telling you, Joe, dude, that movie was written for you. The like, fucking thing was written for you. I feel like I'm a cross between Peacemaker and Vigilante. Like, if the two oh, of them had yeah. a kid, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I have yeah. I have bits and pieces of both their personalities inside me. And what's the common thread? James fucking Gunn. James yeah. fucking gun. Uh, I was going to say not caring what anybody thinks in a large penis. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you're saying. But <laughs> which is a quote James from, Gunn. which is a quote from that TV show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But and I do Gunn, have an man, eagle for a best friend. Yeah. Um, I'm on doom patrol now, which uh, is pretty good. Also, I'm on to like the sixth episode, roughly. I got to get into that. I think I might like it. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I had no idea where it was going. It's kind of dark. But I, I like okay, it. Okay, I dig that. So. Yeah, um, it's also very uh, introspective. I guess is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. People, it's, it's you know, people realizing who they are and discovering themselves. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I will try that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I is that the is Brendan Fraser in that? Yeah, is he, is yeah. That one? Okay. Big fat Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was him at first. I'm like, this guy looks so familiar. I had to look up who it was. I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's Brendan Fazier. He's a great big fan guy. <laughs> Sorry, that's my bad Buffalo Bill impression. Oh, speaking, of, of, speaking of weirdos, I just got done yeah. watching Dahmer. Oh, I can't watch it. I hate Ryan Murphy, um, so I can't watch that shit. I, I love Ryan Murphy shit, and I love Evan Peters. Um, although I like, love Evan Peters too, but... For some reason, yeah. I could not see that as Evan Peters the entire time. Like he just did such yeah. a good job disappearing into the character that like I couldn't see the Evan Peters. Every once in a while, I'd hear the voice inflections, but that's about it. Like visually, though, it didn't look like him. Yeah, um, I learned a lot about him. I never fucking knew. <laughs> like, oh, Evan Peters with Dahmer. Yeah, Dahmer. Which one? No, Dahmer. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I knew like I, I mean everyone knows Dahmer ate people. That's about all I knew. Like he was a cannibal. Like, yeah. but I didn't know any of the rest of the fucking details of the story. That oh, okay. dude was fucking crazy. Oh, it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. Like the, the fact that the, the cops had him, yeah. they had him with a fucking like naked kid guy yeah. screaming for help. And yeah. he convinced them. He convinced the cops that no, we're just lovers and it's yeah. a little spat. And, and what's even go. more crazy is these cops, even though they've been recorded, having phone calls about this and doing all this kind of, you know, all this evidence yeah. showing that they're, you know, mis mishandled it. Yeah. They got a slap on the wrist and right back no. to work. And then they got that an seems, award, a commendation. That seems to happen a lot in that community. But I was like, we'll what? Leave the that alone. Yeah. But, um, yeah. the weirdest part of the entire, uh, I guess, social experiment with me of watching this TV show was at times I felt like I was rooting for him, even though I didn't want to. <laughs> Because you can't help it because he's the main character of the show. So, like, and he wasn't, like, an, like, as far as, like, his personality, he was real weird, but he wasn't, like, an asshole, I guess. So, like, you didn't hate him. I mean, you hated everything he was doing because it was terrible. He wasn't like Ted Bundy is what you're saying because Ted Bundy was an asshole. (laughs) Well, you also start realizing, like, how fucked up his life was that, like, you're like, it's not an excuse for it, but you see why he like kind of did some of the shit he did. Like his life was just kind of fucked up. But then like you see parts where like, you're like, man, 
he's getting what he actually wants right now, like what he's always wanted in his life. And the compulsion took over that. And it's, it's just insane to watch. It's an insane character okay. study in, in, yeah. in humanity. Um, but yeah, no, it's just weird. Cause at points you're like, you want something good to happen for him. Cause you're like, maybe if something good happens for him, he can like get out of this, but you're like, he's still a piece of shit. Oh yeah. There's, there, I mean, he's a broken person. Also, it took me like broken. seven episodes for some reason to realize that was Nisi Dash, <laughs> the neighbor. <laughs> oh, she's I'm just she like, crushed I'm like, in that, dude. Because she, she doesn't look really, like really how I'm good. used to seeing her. I'm used to seeing her as um, Reno 911. So, like, I'm used to, like, yeah. her looking completely different. So, we're watching the show, and I'm like, her voice sounds familiar, and I, I can recognize her, but, like, I just didn't put two and two together. That was her. Wow. Now, she flexed some serious acting yeah. muscles in that show. Yeah, was, she wasn't was just impressive. her usual, like, shitty cop like she she actually was acting and like was doing her amazing job yeah um also the dad uh was really good um, oh he was heartbreaking man that was that was tough to watch that that whole series was tough to watch for yeah. like all the obvious reasons but that that father made it really really uh yeah horrible you know yeah i almost like cried at one point with him yeah yeah it was it was man that and there was an episode in there too that focused like just on one of the victims like the whole yeah episode you rode with this guy's story the tony guy yeah yeah and then when they finally showed Dahmer at the end of the episode that's when it's chilling you're like oh shit he's the michael myers of this story like you were along for the ride like sort of understanding him and also the cameo in the last episode yeah yeah that was (laughs) i was like what is that yeah is, oh fuck it is yeah i ugh, it, i don't know yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it but it was it was a tough sit but the movie we're going to talk about today was not a tough sit no, no. it no, was no. way better I, I i almost hit the marvel music <laughs> it's the fucking <laughs> condition to do that that's all we've been doing yeah i get it uh no yeah to hard swear from Dahmer to the movie we're going to talk about today uh, almost threw me for a loop there. So I said, you know, earlier wanted to do something light, something warm and fuzzy. And I couldn't think of a better movie than one of my favorite childhood films. Me, mine and yours. Yeah. 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 I mean, people of our age relate to this movie in a really strange way. Um, 1990s teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I mean, I have memories of, of being excited for a movie over this. This was the first movie that I was really excited for. I remember yeah. the uh, commercial coming on TV, and it was a New Line Cinema joint. So when those little splices of film would come into yep. frame, yeah. I was I was a kid. I thought they were ladders. I didn't <laughs> understand what it was. So when I when I saw the ladders start, I was that's when I knew that the trailer was going to play and everything had to stop so I could watch it. Like yeah. it was just I could not wait for that movie. How old were the two of you when this came out? I was uh, five. I was okay. eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, five and eight are probably the prime yeah. age for this movie at the time. And I mean, Although, I've been watching Ninja Turtles cartoons. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it sort of dominated the culture, you know, at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. My my favorite cartoons growing up were Ninja Turtles and X Men. <laughs> How could you go wrong? Not, can't go wrong. 
But yeah. it's also weird because this is one of the last kids movies that struck a certain like I don't know flirtation with being adult. Yeah, and and, and you know like it was dark. It was dark and like oh a, definitely you know Tim Burton's Batman kind of way. Correct. And, and they I, I earned that like, rating with a damn. Over oh, yeah. How many times do you say damn in a movie? I want to say three times. I know at least three. <laughs> at least three. And and I remember feeling like, oh, this is like, this is some grown up shit right here. Because yeah. yeah. one of the turtles is saying a, a bad word. Um, yeah, we're going to jump right into it, man. And I'll, I'll say this too before we start. I was a little nervous about this one because it's such a, like, I'm precious about this movie, right? Like, you have certain movies that objectively are not that good. Yeah. But, you know, they they mean something to you and, and it is what it is. This feels like one of those movies. Like, it could be shitty. It could be really bad. And it I, I, I look at it with blinders on because I'm like, look how fucking awesome it is. Like, this is, <laughs> so w- we're going to explore that and, you know, I'm going to see where you guys land on it. Um, but we begin. Oh, and by the way, I, I was fucking with Doug about this. This is one of my quintessential New York movies. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fucking embarrassing to say, because I think like 90% of this movie was filmed in North Carolina or something. Um, but yeah, there's something that feels very authentically New York about it. Am I stupid? Like, is that... <laughs> No, I think maybe, maybe I don't know. But to don't me, know. this is this is no, what New York it, is. It hits it hits nineties New York pretty well. It really does. Yeah, I mean, in it, some of it's well, eighties. I mean, this was nineteen ninety, so it's yeah. you know, late eighties, early nineties. It definitely works with that. Yeah. It's some of it's cartoony. Like there's there's a scene where a cab driver, you know. Oh yeah. That's a doodle. <laughs> <laughs> and why is Raphael the only one that has a New York accent? You know, that's in, we'll get into some of the trivia there. Um, that was a choice by the actor who did Raphael's voice. He, he, you know, smartly said, like, this is a New York turtle. Why doesn't he yeah. sound like he's from New York? Also, the like, other ones um, sound like they're from the valley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Raphael also, um, if you listen, like, if you look at the turtles, he's the asshole of all the Ninja Turtles. So that's why he has a New York accent because New York oh. people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. All right. So we begin. Uh, the camera pans over an aerial view of New York City, 90s or late 80s, glorious New York City. And uh, we see news reporter April O'Neill, played by Judith Hogue. Hogue, that sounds right. Yeah. And she's covered a story about a string of uh, mysterious and seemingly organized thefts occurring across the city. Joe, uh, oh, and by the way, there's not a ton of clips for this movie because again this movie the dialogue is not exactly like the strong suit and there's (laughs) you know there's a lot of action you know so uh it was tough to find things to grab but this is a good opener for the film and a good opener for the episode all right Much more than just a series of small, isolated incidents, it's now apparent that an organized criminal element is at work. And at the moment, business is good. So good, in fact, that there appear to be no eyewitnesses to any of these crimes. With complaints ranging from purse snatching to breaking and entering, 
police switchboards have been swamped with the angry voices of more and more citizens who have fallen prey to the recent surge of crime that continues to plague the city. Instead of getting better, things have actually gotten worse. Even more alarming is the baffling and often bizarre nature of these crimes. Merchandise of every size and description, from skateboards to stereo systems, has been disappearing from store shelves and storage areas at an alarming rate. Even the victims themselves rarely catch a glimpse of the thieves. Many don't even know they've been victimized until it's too late. In huh? fact, police have yet to come up with a single eyewitness. Only a few vague reports of young boys or teenagers at the scenes have been filed. But whoever is behind these crimes, one thing is certain. These are much more than just a series of random, isolated incidents. without criminals, an invisible gang at work, who are we gonna call? Ghostbusters. Unfortunately, the police <laughs> are the only ones available to combat what some are already dubbing the silent crime wave. But perhaps the most disturbing silence is that coming from City Hall. April O'Neil, Channel 3 Eyewitness News. Uh. So right off the bat, can we just agree that the music in this movie is amazing? Slaps. Oh like yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the electric guitar. It's like a Halloween type song. Yeah, like a little unsolved mysteries kind of vibe. You know. Yeah. And out of nowhere, fucking Eddie Van Halen comes in. Great. Um. So it sets the tone for the movie. It feels like a grittier New York than you'd expect out of a kid's movie. And yeah. it's, again, it's still cartoony. Like the crime we're dealing with here is basically kids stealing electronics. Yeah, I know. Uh, but like, you know, it's a truck full of TVs and then they pan away and it's empty. Um, you know, there's like an old lady knitting on her fire escape watching a, a I guess, a portable television. Yes, but that's also, exactly. I wonder if it's the same one that uh, was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my <laughs> God, yes, dude. I posed the question when we did that episode, I want to say close to two years ago, maybe a year and a half, in the 80s, did people just carry around fucking full-size TVs willy-nilly? <laughs> Apparently and so. D D Doug said no. But no. I got to say, the evidence so far, man, it's just... Stack it well, up. That, yeah. was a, that was a city thing. That was... A, that was well interpreted there with you know the fire escape in the inner city yeah yeah you had your television out there because it was hot in the house or hot in the apartment you know she you was know. watching her stories i get it she's watching the it. stories you could use the rabbit ears yeah it was all good you know? i love her reaction her knee slapping <laughs> reaction <to TV laughs> i know it was great <laughs> <laughs> so we get we get the opening um 
we meet April. April O'Neil, uh, of course. Uh, again, it's worth mentioning all of this shit is based on a comic book. Okay, uh, Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, super super successful indie comic, had no business being as successful as it was, and it was just a parody of Daredevil. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I was not. No. So in Daredevil, you, you got Matt Murdock, and he's as a kid in the accident. You know, he he saves someone from being hit by a truck, and there's a crash, and this radioactive yep. goo spills out and blinds him, but also gives him these amazing powers. This was the whole thing was predicated on like, well, what happened to the goo? <laughs> like it just uh-huh. it just rolls into the sewer, and then what? Oh, so in funny. in in Ninja Turtles proper, you know these turtles wade through it and it creates mutants um matt murdoch is daredevil fights the hand ninja turtles fight the foot so it's you know it's all oh, very, look at that okay yeah um these guys never imagined that this shit would blow up the way it did but it did and um so yeah in the movie they're really trying to pay homage to the comic because it was gritty and the turtles were violent and you know the cartoon that Joe and I watched growing up was very kid oriented. It was you know they had teenage mutants, turtles, teenage mutant ninja turtles. Here was it a half shell turtle power? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this was trying to take it back to that you know original grit. I think they did a good job. Um, so April O'Neil from the comics wore this jumpsuit, and even in the cartoon wore this like yellow jumpsuit. And they showed the sketches to Judith Hogue, and she said, "Fuck this! This is this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this." So when you see her walk out of the news station in that big yellow raincoat, yeah, that's as close as they could convince her to get to the uh, source material. It's kind of a little homage. To yeah, her apparently, she was a bit of a diva on set. A little bit, a little Drove bit. A lot of people nuts. She was not invited back to the party. <laughs> Um, so she she's leaving the news station at night, and uh, as she walks across the lot, she sees a bunch of thieves stealing merchandise from a news van. They notice her, pin her to the ground, and they're you know tempted to steal a purse and shit. They got and rough. They got very yeah. That yeah. got rough. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> it's a little more intense than I remembered. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this gets broken up because the single light bulb lighting up this whole parking lot <laughs> just goes out. It's broken by an unseen force. Oh, you see a sigh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it is a seen force then. Because, yeah, you see the sigh come flying in. Yeah. Um, they did it this way because this was such, this was a low budget movie. I mean, they weren't working with a lot. So there were a couple of fight scenes with the turtles that you don't see them fighting they just cut the lights and it's still effective with the sound effects and you oh know, yeah um but it was just a cinematic trick of like god damn we just we can't shoot this like this is it's too much um so when the lights cut back on because you know a police car just happens upon the scene all of the thugs have been tied up you heard all of the ruckus all of the yep. you know karate wind you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when April's laying there, she finds that sigh laying on the ground and puts it in her purse. 
as a mysterious pair of eyes watches her from under the lid of a manhole. Holy shit. And he curses. He's, you know, he says his first damn of the movie. <laughs> um, I bet for her that was a sigh of relief. <laughs> oh my god. Where's the applause when I need it? <laughs> Holy shit. That was good. That was really good. Um, yeah, this is I mean, this is the first time you're seeing a turtle writ large and in the shadows in the sewer, and it looks fucking really really good um we'll talk real quick about these turtles again this movie could never be made the way it was because it was so dark yep and because the ninja turtles were just four guys in rubber suits so this is in a lot of ways like um the last bastion of a lot of different kind of movies including the rubber monster movie Mm because you can't can't really do this shit anymore man like it's impractical it's hot guys in the suits are always near death it seems like you know? and it's not accepted by the audience anymore either yeah yeah it's just it's like a you young folks are all fucking prima donnas <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah but that being said there's a sort of modern renaissance of this stuff and i think it started yeah. with uh the star wars movies with the sequel movies right because they realized that on film, a lot of this shit looks better if it's just like a puppet or a rubber thing. Except than, for Yoda. <laughs> except for Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's still a little, a little fucking wonky, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it works better to have like a physical thing in, in frame than like a PlayStation, you know, monster. Um, that We've seen that with this franchise. We have newer Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah. Made by by michael bay hold on when you said it right there (laughs) yeah it's a tapestry of nightmares like yeah it's it's hard to look at these turtles i didn't even realize she was involved in the shape when the um reboots and stuff oh yeah that they they got his stink all over them man not like old you know respectable michael bay like oh no trust me i know (laughs) i know which michael bay you're referring to (laughs) they are they're i'm gonna in fact i'm gonna send you a photo at some point during this episode of the Michael Bay turtle and you're not going to be able to sleep tonight. Man. Yeah, it's not okay. okay. Looks like a like a green burn victim. It's really really hard to look at. It's funny that reminds me the only other movie that I recognize the April actor from is uh she was Chick's wife in Armageddon. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Yeah, she didn't have a big part in that one but um, yeah, you know we say it a lot, but Armageddon. We got to revisit Armageddon, dude. I might do that yeah. next. Yeah, I just put another movie in because I'll do the next one. But I think it might be Armageddon because I I message you guys that I watch it. It was on one of the cable channels um, a couple weeks back, and it lifted my spirits so much. It was it is my favorite dump on movie ever. I will watch it anytime. <laughs> I love. So that. we might be visiting that movie in a couple. Hell of yeah. And I need to revisit it because it's, I haven't seen it since Armageddon like really rolled out. Yeah. Oh no, no. Then we're on it. I'm changing, I'm changing the list right now. (laughs) I'm just just saying Armageddon ready to uh, make a whole bunch of shitty jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, Steven Tyler singing about his dog getting railed. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, we Bob, cut to Bob Buscemi crazy watches. Don't no no. All I all I remember is the animal cookies. He's like, hey, um, um, we're going up to space to drill something. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the episode, Joe. I am. This is gold. This, this is fucking song. gold. I'm, I'm I'm gonna do sigh of relief tonight. Also, yeah. like uh, Ninja Turtle weapon wise, what's your favorite of the weapons? Well, you know, interesting you bring that up because. At a glance, you know, they look like traditional Japanese weapons. But if you <laughs> I sound like such an asshole saying this. If you <laughs> dig into if you dig into turtle lore, people, um, it is argued that Splinter gave the turtles the weapons he did based on their weaknesses. So, you know, the most intelligent and tech savvy of the turtles is Donatello. He's always fucking tinkering and inventing shit. Gave him a stick. <laughs> because that was the challenge. It was like, hey, what can you do with a stick? And, it, it, you know, that does challenge him. Um, Leonardo, he's the leader. He's the only turtle who has a weapon that can actually hurt murder somebody. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So this teaches him restraint and responsibility. Um, Raphael, he's got the size. Um they are a defensive weapon. Correct. They're made for breaking swords. Yeah. Yep. And he is the most angry and hot-headed of the bunch. Uh-huh. So he, he was given a purely defensive weapon. Michelangelo is given the nunchucks. They are the hardest to master. They require a tremendous amount of focus. And that's the thing that he lacks the most. <laughs> because he is just Pauly Shore. Right? <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, that... A, that there are adults that think this deeply about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and B, that it kind of makes sense, you know? So, I, uh, uh, but but for me personally, I like the size. I think they're just, you know, they're solid and it feels like, you know, you could open bottles with them or something. No, they're the quintessential ninja weapon. Yeah. Like when you think ninja, you think size. I mean, I don't know. Swords are pretty fucking ninja katanas. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I understand that, but it's just... Well, all right. You know what? The the kung fu movies. Okay. Like, yeah. That's what yeah, I think yeah. of when I think of a kung I was fu. Saying, movie. The only one that doesn't really seem like a ninja weapon is the fucking stick. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen them beating the stick, but <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I wish Donatello would carry playing cards and wear a trench coat because he's already got the purple on the staff. That's true. That would that's be quite the true. gambit. No. Oh God. wow. You are fucking punned out today, my friend. God damn. Yeah. Although Michelangelo was always my favorite. With, and I love the nunchucks. Well, he's a party dude. Yeah, he's know? like me. He's like the party dude. Totally it's radical. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, as a kid, it was like a personality test, which one of those four you related to the most. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like Donatello, it was still the 90s, so kids still called purple gay. Yeah. <laughs> like just as, <laughs> I was trying not to go there, but no, since you brought true. it up. It was the times, man. It was You the also times. carried a big stick around. <laughs> Hold on a second. In the 90s, adults called it gay, too. Don't worry, yeah, though. Yeah, he, he eventually no. was in coming out of your shells. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, coming into your shells. Yeah. I, Donatello was my favorite, my first favorite turtle um, because he was the scientist, man. He was a smart one. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I liked Raphael because, you know, he had such a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? He threw the pizza at the screen. And you remember? He was always pissed off. Yeah. Oh, very angry. Even from you know, my yeah. limited exposure, he was very angry, dude. 
Yeah. He's very New York. I mean, he's very New York. Yeah. And I'll say too, I know we're, we're at the fucking very beginning of this movie. This movie hits a lot differently as an adult than it did as a kid. Um, when it relates to like fatherhood and, and seeing these characters as like kids. Yeah. Yeah. They're 15. Yeah. Like That's as a kid, it it, it's like watching a basketball game in your thirties. You're like, Oh my God, I'm the only grown up in the room. These NBA players are I know, right? 19, 20 years old. That's insane. Well, I mean, basketball, let's be honest, is a kid's game just because when you're an adult, you realize how fucking stupid it is. So yeah. you don't watch it. <laughs> Damn, it went hard. Not exactly. But um, no. yeah, it, it did. It We'll get there too, but it hit in a little bit of a different way. Um, we get some shots of the, sh- uh, the sewers, the New York City sewers, and we get this great silhouetted entrance of... Uh, you know, the turtles and the title screen. And while this happens, we get some of my favorite movie music of all time. Um, it's so fucking corny. It really is and, good, though. And so 90s. Mm-hmm. But it's it's iconic to me. I can't, I don't want to say it's iconic because that might cause some people to just turn this podcast off. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but yeah, I'll say it because nobody cares what I say anyways. I'm I'm wrong ninety percent of the time. No, you're wrong five percent of the time, and only when you're talking about the movie Jaws. Right, Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. But yeah, because I'm shit. Okay. Oh, don't even start. Don't nah, even fucking right. start. But Joe, hit this next clip for me and see if you agree. This is how the movie sort of kicks itself into turtle gear. <laughs> Kicking is back in town. Oh, yeah. There's awesome. Eddie again. Yeah. <laughs> Righteous. Bossa Nova. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bossa Nova? Chevy Nova? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. 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 All right. Come on, let's do it. I'm starving. Ooh, we're <laughs> baby. Two. There you go. Is that the yeah? It is the number two. Um, something that that scene does really well is you just gave four rubber monsters kind of really distinct personalities. Yeah, and and that's oh the, yeah. The one thing for me that makes this movie work, you know, is you relate. You know, like the Corey Feldman Donatello, he's got he hits a very specific note in yeah. this movie, 
Um, so what you're know. saying is, like the Beatles, they've got rubber soul. Yes, man. <laughs> Fucking a, dude. I could not think of a more apt comparison than the four Ninja Turtles and the Beatles. And the Beatles, definitely. Yeah. I mean, because each one of them was completely different, had their own take on everything, and yeah. you know, rubber soul. <laughs> You you brought that together so fucking. So which beautiful. turtle is which beetle though? Oh, that's well. I, I think see. I think Lennon would have to be um, Leonardo. You think? No, Lennon is Raphael. Yeah, Paul no, I think Leo. George Harrison's Raphael. No, because oh, Harrison's not on. angry. Harrison is just subdued. Ringo is Michelangelo. Can we just get this out of the way? Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's Lennon, a wrap. Lennon, was, Lennon yeah. was a little cranky. Maybe. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. he's Raphael. I just think so. I so agree, I man. guess McCartney would have to be Leo then. because McCart- He's Leo. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And that would leave Harrison being Donatello. He's corny. Yeah. He's wholesome. You know what yes. I mean? He's yeah, yeah, totally Leo. So so with the music, I dug the music. For, uh, first off, the, the whole fucking bossing over and yeah. Chevy Nova. Chevy I Nova. laughed out loud. I fucking laughed out loud because <laughs> I thought it was great. But the music, I mean, it was so of that time yeah like, oh yeah 80s, Beverly 90s. Hills cops so basically what it what it was was that music was dime store Hans Zimmer from yeah. Beverly, Hop, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. you know what I mean like yes. it, it was it was just the fucking Walmart version of Hans Zimmer but it was good yeah it, it encapsulated but it also gives me like the Ghostbusters like Ray Parker vibes oh no well that's what I mean it, it, it's of that time and they nailed it they didn't fuck it up you know they brought the game which Eric and, you're gonna you're gonna be mad at that me that was cool you know, I was at Epcot the day Ray Parker Jr. played, and I didn't stay and watch it. Why? I don't know. We were leaving early. Holy oh, shit! Come on, man. I saw them setting up, but it was like six forty-five was the first performance, and I'm like, I'm not saying so. Six forty-five. I'm gonna email Ray Parker a picture of you and tell him how much that he just you offended him. Yeah, I looked over and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Eric would love this. I'm like, I'm not gonna send him a picture though because he's gonna be mad at me that I tell him when I tell him I'm leaving before it starts. Wow. What the fuck? I'm just thinking about it. That poor guy. This is what he's. This is what is boiled down to for him. He's fucking playing Disney. Yeah. Actually, know? no. Just to stay pretty, relevant. I'm not gonna lie. That's actually a pretty big fucking thing to get, though. They had a lot of big uh, acts there. The Epcot Food and Wine Festival. They get a lot of big acts there. Okay. Yes. Listen, man. I'm disappointed more than I'm upset. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah, and I, I just got to jump in real quick and apologize for chewing in everybody's ear, but I need to have some protein. So. That's okay. I'm eating some okay. cashews. Right. Um, yeah, so we, we meet our four creatures, our four turtles. We also meet their father figure, Master Splinter, which is a large humanoid rat voiced by yeah. Kevin Clash, uh, you know, Master Puppeteer Elmo himself. Uh, this yeah. is... You know, whereas the turtles are, are guys in suits, Splinter is a very uh, hand puppety situation. Oh, yeah. So he's the Yoda, really, of this movie. It struck me, too, how much this movie is just like Star Wars. And as someone who loved both movies growing up, I I can't believe I didn't see all the fucking parallels. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I just because I looked at the concert series at Epcot, I got to tell you who's in company with Ray Parker Jr. Oh, God. <laughs> The Baja Men. Oh God! Jesus Christ! Big wow. bad, big bad voodoo daddy. Mm-hmm, Joey mm-hmm. Fatone and friends. Tracks, oh, tracks. Yes. Christopher Cross, which I, that one I'd love to see. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. He's I mean, back. 
Former lead vocalist of Journey, Steve Algeri. Just Steve, right? Yep. Air <laughs> Supply. Oh, all right. I'm not even fucking around. I would I would fuck yep. with Air Supply. Yeah. Um, 98 Degrees. So when oh. is the big talent you talked about going to come? <laughs> Hoobastank. Ooh, Hoobastank. Nice. Oh, I love, I love them. When they oh, do oh she, really Sheila E. Okay. Hey, Sheila E's talent is. Uh, 38 Special. There okay. you go. The only okay. Southern rock band I loved. Yeah. Absolutely loved everything um, they ever did. Hanson. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, those little fuckers are talented. Uh, they are. They are. Actually playing t- today, Boys to Men. Mm. Wow. Then, they have a vape. I had a Vegas residency for a long time. Yep. Uh, Kenny G. <laughs> oh, okay. Kenny G. All right. And uh, Sugar Ray. Oh, Sugar Ray. Let's go Sugar see Kenny Ray G, a, man. That's a fucking clown show. <laughs> Kenny G is November 11th and 12th. Listen, Kenny G is somebody who took the parody that was created of him and embraced it. And yeah. That fucker just loves what he does. And he just he just embraces it. And he rolls with it. He doesn't care. He'll do a stupid commercial. Long hair, don't care. Him. Exactly. And he's a talented dude. So that's right. He also kind of looks like a blonde Kenny Powers. Oh my god. <laughs> His hair is more glorious than Kenny Powers hair, though. I don't know. Kenny Powers is that fucking power mullet. No, I know. I'm Kenny so what- fucking Powers. <laughs> So so, what do you say? Do you just want to go to a bunch of Epcot concerts? Is that what you're there you go? Possibly. I'll go. Let's go, man. Yeah. Next- is that the one? Wait. Do you have to pay to get into the park for those? Or yeah. Is that the, oh. They're in Epcot. They're out by. You gotta the, pay to shit in Disney. They're in that that that, that um, concert placed by the American Pavilion. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh okay. I think that's where I saw Simple Plan. I or- would not. Oh yeah. One of those, one of those like pop punk bands. Yeah, they have concert series all year round. Yeah. All right, we'll go. Um, I'm just mad I missed the Baja man because I now I don't know who let the dogs out. Who? 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 (laughs) So uh, Splinter. Splinter looks impressive. Like you know, for a puppet, like it it feels very alive in a Hensony kind of way. By the way, I don't know if we mentioned this. This is a Jim Henson Studios joint. Like they made the turtle suits, they made the splinter. They did a brilliant job with these things. Um, you know, and and the suits themselves are impressive too because all of the um, facial movements are animatronic. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, you could find fault in it now. Some of it is a little janky, but. Uh, I find them to be sort of endearing and expressive in the way that the mouths move. And it's, no, there was effort. There was definitely effort put into making them work, you know, and you're right. A little janky, but yeah, I, w- I was, I forget. It might've been, there was a scene at the table. There may be the pizza, but uh, I was impressed with it. You know, again, yeah. given the time frame. It, I think that scene, the one you're talking about, like you can, it's one of those where the, the mouth really doesn't match the. Oh no, it, it doesn't. But yeah, like I said, the efforts there—they tried. Yeah. Again, given that budget, I mean, you had mentioned that I think it's thirteen million. Thirteen. So even million. at nineteen ninety dollars, man, that's not a lot yeah. of money for something like that. And, and they, they pulled just, it off. They did, man. Like they feel like fully realized, living, breathing yeah. characters. There's some big budget movies that came out then that had shittier like oh. practical effects in that. So tons, tons. Well, I mean, you know, listen, Henson would never skimp. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Him and that studio will put their all into anything, regardless of the budget. They're going to make it because, you know, it's their reputation. So, yeah, no, they, they crushed it. Uh, Jim Henson. This was the last film he was involved with before he passed away. Oh, uh, shit. I didn't realize that. Fucking Scientology. Yeah. Also, yeah. for some reason, like now because I've been listening to them so much, I can't think of the name Jim Henson without thinking of Polyphia, whose guitar player's name is Tim Henson. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he looks like yeah. a Muppet. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. No, I mean I'll just get, you know, of all the fuck up things that Scientology has done, killing Jim Henson is the fucking worst by a million miles. Oh yeah. Top of the you list, know? man. Yeah. Fuck them. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Jim Henson, you know, just like just like you said, I mean, so much attention to detail. Yes. You know, he wasn't happy with the film because of how violent it was. Yeah. That, you know, I don't know if his understanding of it was different, you know, in pre-production, but, um, you know, not a huge fan of the violence. Right. Uh, but, you know, they again, they they crushed the design elements and this stuff was like new technology apparently this shit was a nightmare to wear like stuffing your head in all of those animatronics was so uncomfortable um there's a scene we'll talk about coming up next where uh one of the turtles gets thrown in a trash can yeah and in that scene the actor inside's nose was broken because all of the fucking mechanics inside of that had crushed his face like it's just and yeah. you can you can see in the shot like homeboy reaches up for his nose like something's he could, wrong he couldn't finish the movie yeah yeah they had to get was, someone else to do yeah. shit you know a nightmare an absolute yeah. nightmare um yeah i mean those those actors you're talking about losing 15 pounds of just water weight in those oh scenes. yeah and uh the guy who played michelangelo i'm, I'm blanking on his name he came to my high school uh, in really? Orlando and that was like his claim to fame. He's like, you know, I'm so-and-so and I played Michelangelo. He had a slideshow going on behind him. He was like a, a karate guy, really small, um, really small guy. I was so impressed with that. It was like, Oh the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Michelin Sisti. Michelin Sisti. He yeah. played a, no wonder he's small. He played a fucking Ferengi. <laughs> just in one episode but yeah he played a frankie so yes he was must have been a tiny guy yeah yeah man um we have a lot more turtles to to dig into actually and it's surprising that we're only this far into the movie because it's only an hour and a half it's a short oh, we film. jabbered away before That's our yeah, fault. yeah but uh listen we're, we're gonna leave it here for part one join us uh, as we dig back in for part two we have a whole lot of turtle power to uh, power through. So uh, come back. We'll see you there. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericpabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit. 
from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com.